Well, good morning and welcome again to the Hills Church at home. This is a great opportunity to make sure everybody's wide awake. Yell at them one more time. Maybe top off your cup of coffee or get something to drink and grab your Bibles. Uh, we're actually going to be back in the book of James uh, again today. If you go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, you can download the message notes. You can also download the kids' activity sheet. And also on our website, and I, and I do want to constantly mention it, we have our daily Bible reading plan that you can download. You can download it on your phone. You can download it on a tablet. You can read uh, from your computer. Or you could print it out and have it in your Bible. But so important in these days, and we'll even see from the book of James today, that we're implanting that powerful word of God in our hearts. So as you're getting ready and you're getting everything settled, let's take a minute and let's uh, pray together for our message this morning. And wherever you are, we're having church together. And the Lord is with you. The presence of God is with you. He is speaking to you, wants to speak to you, and is directing our lives. So Father, we stop this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, the teacher. We thank you for the word of God that gives direction into our life. And as we're gonna see today, it's like that mirror. It's as we look into it, it's looking inside of us. And Father, we wanna change to be in your likeness. And so we submit to you even this morning and we bless and we honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say it wherever you are, uh, amen. So James, James chapter one, James is right after the book of Hebrews. In fact, I remember uh, talking with a good friend. The mother was well into her 90s and she really had never read the Bible. And so we encouraged her to start reading the Bible. And I remember seeing her, it was after some, some months, I remember seeing her and said, hey, how, how do you like the Bible? She said, that's the most terrible book I ever read in my life. What do you mean the most terrible book? She says, I started off in that first book, Genesis. It was horrible. There are people killing each other and there's these giants. I mean, it's sick having to read all of that. And I thought, you know, you should have started in the Gospels. So why don't you start in the book of Matthew? She says, why do you read a book and start in the middle? Well, that turned into a really good conversation. Isn't it interesting in, in God's word that God didn't leave anything out that he didn't want in there? He wanted us to see the good, the bad, the ugly of when people turn and go in their own direction. And yet he gives us those principles by which to live by as we follow his word and allow it to be implanted. My, my prayer today for all of us as we read this, that we allow the word of God to sharpen us. Let it be that iron that sharpens iron, that friction that comes in that causes change because it's always positive and, and life-giving. It's for us and it's never against us to give us hope to direct our future. So James chapter one, hopefully you found it by now. I wanna read today verses 19 through 25, James one, verse 19 to 25, and it says this. So then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear slow to speak, 
slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside any filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man that he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You know, what I love about reading this book of James, now, James, in last week's message, James is Jesus's brother. Remember, he's a, he's a half-brother, because James's father was Joseph, Jesus's Father is the Father God. I imagine that was kind of interesting conversations at the dinner table. Now, Jesus, again, now remind me, you know, your dad is, is who? Interesting conversation. James, if you remember, if you read in the Bible, there's a point in the Bible where even Jesus's mother and brothers didn't believe in him. Yet we're reading about James. James, who in the very first chapter doesn't call himself out as an apostle, he actually calls him a servant of God. Yet James really is going to speak so direct and so bold to this audience and even to us today. And really what he's going to say is there's a difference about being a Christian and being a disciple. It's one thing to confess Jesus as Lord. Yet now what you have to do is be that disciple following hard after the Lord. So that's his, his really theme to us. And James is really going to teach us this, that the resurrection of Jesus changed everything, even James, who as he begins to write, is writing to us even today, August 2nd, 2020, that these words that were written are speaking to us today. He really starts, and really we could categorize chapter one as the problems and trials that come your way are your opportunity to show God's joy within you. Are you in the midst of a problem, a trial, a struggle? It's your opportunity to allow the joy of the Lord inside of you to come up. In fact, it's not about whether we're guilty or innocent, pass or fail, the point of all of this, trials and problems and issues, is for our growth, that we're constantly growing and we're being challenged and directed in our faith. We're trusting the Lord. I hope that you trust the Lord more today than you did yesterday. I hope that you trust the Lord more now in 2020 than you did in 2019. Because when these trials and problems come our way, allow the joy of the Lord from the inside of you to come up. So let's read this again 
And as we read James 1, let's, let's read it again with ears really to hear. And notice when it says, let every man, women and ladies, don't think you're counting, oh good, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be swift to hear and slow to speak. No, th- this, this is thrown out to all of us, all of the hearers. And let, let me read this again. In fact, wherever you are, if you can, would you read the scripture aloud as well with me? And it'll be on the screen. Ready? So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, let me mention this. And if you have printed out the notes, you can underline it. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to underline a few words. I bolded these in my notes and it's written in my Bible as an emphasis to me of these words. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, the implanted word. Doers of the word, not hearers only. And then I underline really the last part of that last verse, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty Notice what the perfect law is, liberty, freedom, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does, looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing. Let me mention a couple things today. Notice that early on it says swift to what? Here. I like that word swift. Think of it fast, quick immediate, quick, swift to do what? Here. Notice we get two slows, slow to speak and slow to wrath. Typically, here's how we operate. Slow to hear, swift to speak, right? Swift to wrath. No, that's not what James is teaching us. As Christians, as disciples, as people that are picking up our cross daily to follow him, the implanted word to us today is to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. In fact, Jesus, I I would say this, Jesus had a very popular saying that we read several times. In fact, one of the times in Mark chapter four, verse nine, he says, and he said to them, 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So here's an instance of what he's saying. My hearing should be my leading. It's by what I'm hearing, what I'm taking in should be my leading, but too many times, many don't listen. You know, I remember um, taking tests and, you know, many of us had tutors and or we'd seek out tutors because we wanted a better grade. And I'll never forget hearing this statement and it was, the answer is in the question. I use it with my kids. The moment they're going to hear me say the answers in the question, they're probably going to roll their eyes. Because many times on a test that they would take, and we'd go back through the test, and I'd say, if you look at the question, there's a hint of the answer. The answer is in the question. You know, it's, it's sometimes those tricks or tests or trial. Really what they're trying to do is find out, are you paying attention? I'm in uh, ninth grade history. I'm sitting at the back of the class, and I'll, I will admit that not my um, semester final grade, but my progress report in history, ninth grade, is an F. I'm at the back of the class. My teacher, Mr. Jack Green, had a conversation with my mom. He wanted to move me in the front row, front desk, right in front of where he would lecture. You know, it's like, oh, the worst place that you ever wanna be in class, up front, because you wanna be in the back with your friends. Do you know that my F, not overnight, but my F went to an A? Do you know on my report card, ninth grade history, I have an A? Do you know what changed in that class? Oh, it's the way Mr. Green taught. No, it was, I, had, I, was, I was forced and positioned to be up in the front of the class to listen. The difference was I was listening in front, I was focused, when I was in the back, I was unfocused and having fun. Just that listening part. Jesus said those words. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Be somebody that's listening to what the Father says. You know, Jesus heard and really acted this out in John chapter 5, verse 30. Listen to this one verse. He says, I can do nothing, I, uh, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own, but I seek the will of the Father who sent me. I can do, I can do of myself, uh, let me say it again. I can of myself do nothing as I, what? Hear I judge. Here's Jesus giving that example. He is listening to what the Father says, and then as the Father speaks, he does what he says. He's fulfilling those things of the Father. Same with us. As we listen, as we listen and implant this word, we're to do those things that the Father says to do. You know, and I, I love that verse because I, I think verse 20 is kind of that zinger from James. And he says, because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Notice what he says. It's like two singular different thoughts. Wrath of man, 
righteousness of God. What are we striving? What are we living out? Who are we? We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're not to be caught up in that wrath. We're to be focused on who we're called to be. We're already called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we understand that that's also a daily process of following him and checking in all of our ways. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. In fact, Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft word turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. We know, uh, probably about a year ago, one of uh, the men that, uh, he was actually my boss in a ministry assignment, he actually did research on emotional intelligence and having you break down, well, when when you have a blow up or a wrath or as we would read today, how you break that down so that you're building up an intelligence of emotional, how to work with people. Well, probably about a year ago, um, in fact, let me back up. Both of my, my kids have had braces. And uh, for many a, of you that might be a little bit older, you know, a lot of times like with us, if we had four front teeth that were straight, you didn't get braces. Well, you know, nowadays it seems like every kid gets braces. It's kind of, in fact, when we were growing up, you didn't want braces. That's the last thing you wanted to do was braces. You didn't want to have to wear that headpiece as you go, nobody wanted braces. Now it's like a fashion thing. And you know, they've built it all up because every time they go in, they get different colored bands. And you know, it's kind of one of those built up things to do. And so as you've put your kids through braces, it really is, it's like buying a, um, a, a small used car. Like, you know, and they work out terms and payment plans and de- I mean, down payment. I always wondered, what's the collateral? We come out and you know, take their teeth if I stop paying. Well, it's a really, and it's an investment in, into them and uh, their teeth and their bite and all of that. Well, you know, at the end of all of the braces time, it's kind of one of those praise the Lord, you know, you've passed and now we got a raise, you know, type of thing. Well, what they now have to do almost, I believe, for the rest of their life is wear retainers. So uh, now I get to that story about a year ago, uh, and you know, both of them would probably leave their retainers different places. Well, we added a, a new dog two years ago that is just naturally a chewer, primarily on her toys. And because the, the retainers were in a location that she could get to, she decided to chew on one of his retainers, the top retainer. Chew, 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 chew. Well, we had found it, it was mangled up. Well, those things to replace are very expensive. Well, I, I didn't respond in the righteousness of God. In fact, I think I responded in the wrath. And the wrath went something uh, like this. You owe me $750. On your way home from the orthodontist, you're gonna stop and you're gonna get four job applications because you're now going to be working to get these fixed. You know, that, and it probably went on from that. Well, luckily, uh, nothing had to be replaced. A couple wires were twisted. And yes, there's a little chunk uh, out of the retainer, but um, nothing had to be done. And, you know, I, I backed up a little bit and calmed down until yesterday 
<clears throat> our one dog, she was chewing on something, you know, chewing and it sounded a little odd and I couldn't see anything in her mouth and I opened it up and it was the bottom retainer in her mouth yesterday, chewing it, <clears throat> chewing away. And um, so I we could not find the top retainer anything. I didn't know if she had ate it. I didn't know whether to go out in the backyard and look through her poop to try to find if I could find it. Uh, but luckily we found the top one, but it was in the location they were put. But I was very proud of myself because I, I did call my son because he wasn't home. And um, I did react correctly how I probably should have reacted. But I felt like I didn't hold back what I should say. I uh, talked about the responsibility of it, but I didn't go off the handle. Swift to hear, right? Slow to speak, slow to wrath. We're better off many times up front allowing that implanted word to get on the inside of us to allow ourselves to change from the inside. You know, Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool vents all of his feelings. Remember, it's in Proverbs, it's the fool and the wise person. The fool vents all of his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Wise people, the Bible say, holds back everything they feel. The fool, it just vents everything out. You know, and I, I learned this in playing sports. It was impossible to be in a fit of rage and play a sport. You weren't thinking correctly. In fact, what you really wanted to do was calm yourself down, think, and then react. But if you allowed yourself to be enraged, you were ineffective. It's the same thing we read in that book of Proverbs. The fool is going to vent all of the feelings. It's almost like that rage, but the wise man holds those things back. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, I, I love that bit um, where James chapter one, verse 25, and in fact, he's using that word of the mirror, right? The mirror doesn't lie, does it? You get up, and you might feel like you look like you're, you know, you're 18 years old again, and you look into that mirror and you find out you're just a little bit older. The mirror never lies. The mirror points out every imperfection. Uh, and so here's what the perfect law of liberty, the, the word in that law of God, look in us. Allow those corrective things to take place when we submit ourselves to the word of God, James 1.25. But he who looks, notice you have to look. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. It's not just one look. You continue in it. And it's not a forgetful here. It's one thing to learn something. You might think today, I hopefully... Today, all day long, all week long, you're going to remember me saying, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. 
But if, it, if all it is is something that you hear and it's not something implanted, then you know what's going to happen midweek when the retainer's getting chewed on by the dog? You're going to flip off the handle with the wrath. Notice what it says there. And continues in it, it is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. We're to continue in it. This word we have to look at is the most precious thing to us. It's alive. It's active. It's to be implanted in our hearts. It's for us. It's not against us. It's to give us future and a hope. It's to direct us. It's to make the crooked places straight. It's to speak to us to say, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, be quick to then apologize. You shouldn't have responded that way. You should have said it this way. Remember, Jesus said, I only do what I hear my father saying, allowing that implanted word to continue in it. You know, it's the inside life that gives us the outward responses. It's what's happening on the inside. So if your inside is full of truth, your response should be different. Even if your response comes out one way, that's why we're so glad for the Holy Spirit to catch those things quickly so that we're not going back a trail where we used to be. But it's the inside. The Bible's always directing it's the inside. The inside is what causes those outward responses and I think that's why James is so direct, so bold at us to be swift to hear, but be slow to speak, slow to wrath. We should be listening more than we're speaking. Do you know how you really learn about somebody? Is you take time to listen to them. If you're always talking, you don't hear. If you can listen to somebody, you can actually ask the right questions about them to learn, to grow, allowing that implanted word to be on the inside of us. Isn't it also interesting that that's how God had it designed inside out? Yet the devil came right into the Garden of Eden, filled Adam and Eve's mind with lies. No, God doesn't want you to eat that. The reason he doesn't want you to eat it, if you eat it, you'll be just like him, knowing good from evil. They go ahead and eat, and on that inside, they allowed sin to get on the inside, and what came outside was that response. You know, God never has sinned. He didn't create sin. In fact, even the devil himself couldn't put it in him. He threw the thought in him which they allowed to get in on the inside. And here's so powerful about what God did. God knew that in giving his son Jesus to be that spotless sacrifice for sin, that he could regenerate this spirit that was lost, this soul that was going a different direction. He could regenerate the inside to be changed, which would cause a change 
on the outside. You know, it's that wrath of man that does not produce the righteousness of God. He knew that through Jesus that there could be a change now on the inside. And he planned that from the foundations of the world. Isn't that amazing? From the beginning, he knew that Jesus would have to be sacrificed because men and women would choose a different path and he created them and did it anyways because he loved them, he created them in his likeness. So I'm gonna offer you that opportunity today, whether you know Jesus and you've been going a different direction or you've never confessed him as your savior and Lord, would you allow him in? Would you allow him to make a change on the inside? Would you not just become a Christian, but be a disciple and follow him every day for the rest of your life? Would you pray this prayer with me? In fact, it'll be on the screen. Romans 10, 9, and 10 lets us know that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And today, I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, if you prayed that for the first time, I would so encourage you, if you could reach out to us, you can reach out to us even right now by social media. If you'd rather just send an email, you can do so to info at hillschurcharcadia.org. You can go on our website, you can click on the contact link and you can email us that way. It is the most important decision that you will ever make and the reason it's also the most important decision is it changed your eternal picture. And you made that decision today, and we would love to connect with you. Well, at this time each week, uh, we receive our tithes and our offerings, and I wanna read this one verse today out of Matthew six thirty three. And I love how Jesus always keeps us focused, keeps us focused on his Father, keeps us focused on his words, keeps us focused on people, but he wants us to keep focused on his kingdom. And he says these words, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom. You know, we, we don't have time to go through all of that today, but the amount of times in the Bible, well, people sought out and made sure that God was first. Because when he's first, we read, all of these things will be added unto you. Any sacrifice, in fact, I used to say that, it's a sacrifice in giving to the Lord. Yes, that's true, but you know what I'm doing? I'm giving back what already belongs to him. It's not mine anyways. It's all, I'm, I'm giving back because he said so. And in seeking first his kingdom, all of those other things will be added unto me. Well, as we do each week, let's pray this prayer together. 
Would you allow it not just to be words on your lips, but would you allow it to come from your heart? Allow the blessing of the Lord to come upon you. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I bring my first fruits from what I have received from the hand of the Lord. I give in thankfulness for the harvest I have already reaped and in faith for the harvest that I'm going to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You can actually, if you're giving, you can give two ways. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can click on the Give link. It's safe, it's secure, uh, and it's fast. Or if you're mailing in uh, your tither offering, you can mail it to the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, and that's Arcadia, California, 91066. You know, as we do each week, um, we want to mention to you that every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific time, we love it as people join in from other states as well. We take time, we call it a Wednesday night gathering and communion, and we do it by Zoom. We would love for you to be a part. We realize people's schedule, especially in the summer, they're juggling. We had a couple kids from the church uh, log in the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, from Texas as their visiting relatives. So it's great to keep connected to see people's faces. So that's every Wednesday night, seven o'clock. If you're not in our on our email list, we send out an email uh, every week with directions how to get on. Email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We would love to see you even by Zoom. So uh, you can do that. You can also go to all of our past messages whether it's Facebook or YouTube or our podcast, which you can get through our website as well. So let me uh, pray this prayer over all of us today, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. We pray this today. We pray this over you for this week. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you today, and may the Lord bless you this week.